Oh, g'day there, and welcome to News Talk Bean, my beautiful beanies. I've forgotten how to do it. It's the weekend edition. It's first with yesterday's news. Uh, we're looking back at Sunday and Saturday. Um, not the whole three weeks I've been away. Remember me? I'm Glenn ZB. Anyway, uh, today uh, we've got the new Deputy Leader of the National Party, who's also the old Deputy Leader of the National Party, Jerry Brownlee, talking about charging people to come back to the country for the quarantine. Uh, we have an English bloke uh, talking about why Bowden Barrett's playing in the wrong position. Uh, and then a couple of people talking about acting in movies, uh, including a bloke who used to sing songs. Uh, but before any of that, uh, the actual leader of the National Party, Judith Collins. Um, how does Jack think she's going to go? Collins has been decisive and swift where Muller dithered. She's comfortable with the gallery press pack. She's whipped her caucus into line. Anyone would think she's been planning a shadow cabinet all of her life. I said when Jacinda Ardern became Prime Minister, I thought Judith Collins would be the most effective leader of the opposition, not because of her new ideas or, or visionary policy or anything like that, but because I thought she would do a better job than anyone else in National of undermining the government and putting pressure on the Prime Minister. I stand by that. But there will be significant pressure on Collins as well. She does have some baggage. The tough woman persona will be off-putting to some voters and attractive to others who find the Prime Minister's constant kindness message condescending. But I thought the political commentator Ben Thomas summed it up perfectly this week when he considered the national leadership change. Yes, Judith Collins might be, dis- uh, might be divisive. She might not be hugely personally popular with some of her caucus colleagues. But Ben was spot on when he said Judith Collins, as leader of the opposition, will make the government more nervous than any other national MP. Yeah, um, already with the jokes and the put-downs, she looks a little bit more confident and self-assured than anybody else they've had for ages, doesn't she? Uh, And so does Jerry Brownlee, for that matter. He was explaining the $3,000 fee for quarantine they're looking to introduce. Everyone entering New Zealand from the 3rd of October, National is going to charge them for quarantine. How did you uh, come to this decision? Well, the cost to date have been about $81 million uh, for just over 20,000 New Zealanders. And um, uh, there's, there's no end inside of how people might be, or numbers of people that might be returning. There are, of course, hundreds of thousands of New Zealanders who live overseas. The government's allocated a further 280-odd million uh, for the balance of the year. And you just have to think, well, is that a reasonable charge on the New Zealand taxpayer? People who've actually lived in this country and who are paying their taxes, particularly when you've got so many people who've had their incomes reduced, uh, have lost jobs, or even will go to work tomorrow wondering if the job's here on Friday. So uh, we just think it's a, it's a place where those who are taking the advantage of their citizenship coming back to their home country should contribute to the cost of their quarantine. How did you come up with the figure of $3,000? Because in, in my own mind, if I was sort of coming up with a figure, I'd sort of go wave my finger and go $3,000. Is there a little bit of that to it, or has it been sort of neatly no. apportioned? No, there's a there's an aspect to it, so uh, of of apportionment on a, on a uh, the basis of looking at the the numbers that have come in divided by the 81 million, and uh, you get just over four thousand dollars, and then you try and work out well what is actually the public good, the wider good for the wider tax base, tax paying base, or, or wider citizenry. If you see it on the team of five million, of um, making sure that those who do come into the country are properly tested and are able to leave quarantine uh, COVID-free. So it's sort of a balance. It's, it's not quite uh, at the uh, you know three-quarters to a quarter. 
because you've got the children factor and the partner factor as well. But it is a significant contribution. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, there are people who just haven't been able to come back yet. Uh, maybe they're on uh, fixed-term contracts with their job. Maybe they're trying to get a qualification wherever they are. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why uh, they may not have come back. But maybe it should really be dealt, on a, dealt with on a case-by-case basis. Probably too sensible. Uh, it's way too early. I've only just got back and already I'm trying to make sense. So I'm stopped doing that and we'll listen to an English bloke talk about why Bowden, Bowden Barrett's in the wrong place for the Blues. He's a big fan of Bowden Barrett, but right now, where does he play for the All Blacks? Is he a starter? And if so, in the first 15, what spot? I wouldn't pick him at the moment, not the way he's playing. I mean, this is the guy who now owns the Mike Cat Speed Bump Award for not actually making a tackle on Jonah Longwu. This time it was... Uh, La Mape running all over him. It looked terrible. Marty, this is, that's not international class rugby, is it? I mean, th- th- technically, it was all over the place. He's exposed at 15. It's not natural to him. He's just filling a position because it helps the team because, you know, Black's been playing really well. You've got Richie Moonga, who will be 10 for the All Blacks. So where do you play Bowden? Well, do you bring him off the bench? Because at the moment, Geordie at 15 would be your first choice. Much better kicker, fantastic under the high ball in, 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 you know, against the Blues. Bowden seems a bit lost. And I think this is what Stuart was saying. You play some of the other position for that length of time, the instinctive, natural game you have as a 10, where you're operating in the channels where people are coming to you from all different angles, all trying to you know, close you down. And yes, it wasn't as fantastic when he scored his try by taking a short ball, coming on an angle in a busy part of the field, not exposed as he is at the back of uh, of a great big long field and asked to do something from distance. I don't think that's the strength of his game. And like Stuart, I think he's lost. And I I, I worry that he will be uh, good enough to be a, a starter for the All Blacks. Really, the only thing, reason I put that in there because I didn't want to play anything to do with the uh, Chiefs losing in the last few minutes of the game yesterday. Uh, we can all just pretend that that didn't happen, right? Um, now, uh, we've got a, a movie about uh, Marie Curie. Is that how you say it? I think that's how you say it. Yeah, the, ra- the radiation lady. Um, the woman who played the radiation lady in the movie, Radioactive, is called uh, Rosamund Pike. And she uh, joined Francesca Rudkin yesterday morning. You had the, the premiere for Radioactive and then a week later sort of the world shut down. I must say, I, I went, I've only just been back to our cinemas this week and I've seen three films at the cinema. Yours, Your film, Radioactive, is one of them. And it was just wonderful to be back in a cinema with a big screen in front of me. It, I thank you for the film because we need films. Oh good. And I'm, I'm I'm delighted that it's playing in New Zealand. That's that's really that's is it, is it all over? Is it everywhere in New Zealand? Yes it is. Oh how exciting. How exciting because we have a we have some uh, we have at least one actress from New Zealand on the show. I'll I'll, I'll see if if she's been able to go and see it. Um uh it's uh, it's it's I'm I'm missing it terribly myself. Um, we we are, we haven't yet opened it, but I, I I plan to in a socially distanced way when when all the crew and cast reunite in the Czech Republic, I, I'm going to try and hire a cinema and screen radioactive for them, so that you know we can have you know we can be in control of the social distancing, and and watch a film in the dark on a big screen. Um, yeah, I mean, my home cinema setup has just never cut it really for me. No, <laughs> never, not no, I... that I've got a home cinema. I mean, I've never really gone beyond a large, a large telly. But uh, 
Yeah. No, that that became huge. Oh, that's that's become hugely apparent to me too over the last few months as well. <laughs> now, Marlon Williams is a sort of a, a croony, singery guy. Uh, Jack Tames talked to him plenty of times about the croonery singering, uh, but he's also a movie actor as well, as it turns out, um, and he's in um, the one about the uh, the Ned Kelly gang. Are you enjoying the sort of, uh, like, the number of times that you are ending up in films these days? Is this a kind of a conscious decision now? You're making a bit of a career move? It's starting to look like it, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> it's not a bad oh, thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's. I feel like it's. Yeah, I mean, how many grains of sand make a beach? How many? I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I can uh, be an actor at some point. Yeah. But I don't know. It doesn't feel. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I don't feel like an actor. <laughs> how did this come about? Then? Was, was it like? Was it? Was this after a star is born? You get the opportunity, or is it like completely unrelated? Um, yeah. I, well, it was. It was I think it was actually. Um, a knock on uh, from just from music videos. Mm. I think uh, um, I think Justin had seen seen my music videos and uh, and sort of fit the bill from there. So, uh, but but I'm sure that I mean I'm sure Star is born had something to do with it too. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Life's funny, eh? Like the things you you kind of end up doing. You know, you think you're gonna. You know, you obviously, oh, yeah. you, you know, you've been pursuing your your passion and enjoying amazing success in one space, but it's just funny how that can kind of, you know, opportunities come about sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. A gust of wind comes along and just pushes you off in a, another direction, and here I am. Yeah. Um. For for people who who don't know about the story itself, um, this is based on a very very successful novel, and yeah. um, how did you feel about being in a film about the Kelly gang because you know it's I always felt slightly uncomfortable that that the Kelly gang were kind of as notorious as they were given they weren't very good people yeah well you know it's it's how um, myths work that's uh, the uh, the uh, reality well it sounds like a strange thing to say but the real reality of uh, of uh, legend and myth making it's, it's that uh, they're based on on pretty past real events and and uh, you know, and it's just we still uh, incorporate them into our into our history and and, and make them and and draw draw uh, you know draw things from them. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? When you hit these people who seem to be able to do everything, you know, they can make music, they can make movies. Um, I'm wondering if it's actually as hard as we were led to believe. Anyway, uh, I, I should give it a go. I'll just stick to making podcasts for the time being. I am Glenn ZB, and I'll do another news talk ZB for you tomorrow. See you then.